Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome back to the WTF1 podcast. I am your friendly neighborhood host, Dre Harrison, and welcome to our post-testing review. And with me, as ever, we've got Charlie Williams. Say hi, Charlie. Hello. And we've got Hannah Atkinson's joining us. Hi, Hannah. How's it going? Hello. I'm doing good. How are you guys? Very well, thank you very much. So we're here to talk a little bit about uh, pre-season testing. It's literally just got off the air in the last hour or so, and we're all just kind of soaking it in that uh, we are properly racing again in just six days' time uh, in in Bahrain for the for the se- season opener of the 2023 F1 season. And we're going to talk a little bit about the runners and riders, each of the teams, and the state of the field headed into Bahrain next week. And we're going to go from the top on this occasion first, because let's be honest, we all care about the top the most on this one. And well, folks, it does look kind of ominous here, doesn't it? I think Red Bull look comfortably in front at the moment. Um, I mean, I don't know what you guys made of their test, but it looked controlled, measured, and just professional all the way through. How do you guys feel about it? Yeah, they looked very, very strong. They just they just dominated. They really did. They seemed to be on top. Everyone expected them to be strong again. Um, and no other team really looks like they can compete at this time, which I think we all probably didn't want to happen at testing. Um, but you know what? It's okay. Red Bull are doing a great job. And who knows? This is just the first time we're seeing the cars on track. So we've got no idea what they're going to do at the race and throughout the season. But right now it looks like Red Bull are the strongest team. Yeah, I feel like they've just got everything right again. Like technically that car is so impressive and you can definitely see that reflect on track. And the differences like between Red Bull, Ferrari and Mercedes are actually insane. Like the LB19 is basically an evolution of what they already had, but there are some really small differences that you can tell have made all the difference. Yeah, it looks like a car that's just taken another step forward. I was watching many, many laps with Perez and Verstappen. It handles like it's on rails. It looks absolutely planted. It's fast. It's controlled. It looked like they had plenty of time in hand. I remember the one the one that jumps off the page to me was when Verstappen did, I think it was like a 31, like, nine or something like that on the c0 tire in day two and yeah. it was like and it, was, it was third fastest like like Verstappen like I think it was the first lap after lunch on day two comes out on a c0 immediately goes third fastest and I'm like okay cancel Christmas um <laughs> like like if, if this is what they're doing on c0s we, we might be done here um it's it looked measured it looked under control and Sergio Perez by the end of the test was already under last year's pole time on the same tire they're going to be using in qualifying next week, the C4. I think the only issue that I've actually seen from them all weekend is a tiny little pit stop issue with their rear jack. And that was, but like, you know, that's also part of testing. Testing isn't just testing those cars. It's testing all the equipment that they're like all the guys in the garage or the engineers, everything. They That's testing all of the equipment and they use in the garage too. So, I mean, if that's the, the tiny minor issue that they've got, during the whole of their testing, then 
the reliability has been insane. Yeah, like their only error was self-inflicted, which kind of says it all, really. Um, I mean, it, we've got to compare them to Ferrari and Mercedes. Um, they're the other teams, you would say, are probably in that elite group of three that are clear of the rest of the field. For once, I'm actually kind of glad that Ferrari had a quiet test and just kind of went about their business. I think that might actually be the best thing for them. I, think, I mean, what do you reckon, Charlie? Yeah, I just, I just, I don't know. I, I feel like they are also another team that have just kind of got it all together. Do I think they're sandbagging? Probably a little bit as well. Mm. I, I, I don't think they want to reveal like their true pace to Red Bull until, you know, that day of the qualifying comes around next week. And so, yeah, I do think they are sandbagging a little bit. But I mean, they still looked ridiculously strong. Both drivers have done a good amount of laps. And I think if there's been any little issues, they've just been teething issues. Um, yeah, I just, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't see at the moment it being any different to what we had last year where we're having a Ferrari Red Bull kind of fight to the top. Yeah, I'm, I'm inclined to agree with you on that one, Charlie. I think... I think the best thing that Ferrari could have had happen was that nothing happened, i.e. it was reliable, they were bedded in their, their redesigned power unit, no hiccups or issues to report with the factory team in that sense, good amount of laps in, good pace overall, they were pretty much in the top three almost every day. Um, I said it during our YouTube live show, and I'll say it again here, sometimes no news is good news. And given how much of a dumpster fire organizationally Ferrari were last year. I think the best thing they could have had was just a smooth, quiet test. I mean, I don't know how you feel about it, Hannah, but that's the impression that I get. Yeah, you guys both hit the nail on the head with this one. I don't have much to add, but Ferrari's preseason test was so smooth. Nothing of notice really happened and they completely stayed under the radar, which is exactly what they want. I'm sure they'd prefer it that way because if they were being talked about, it probably means there's a problem. So yeah, Ferrari just looked really strong as well. Definitely up there in the top three. And I would put them at the moment at P2. I can't see them kind of... Uh, below Mercedes at this point. Who knows what will happen, but right now they look the strongest bar, Red Bull. Well, follow on from that, um, Hannah. I mean, what, what, where do you make of Mercedes by comparison? Because again, they, had a, they were a bit more newsworthy during this test. I mean, I think we can all celebrate. They've got rid of porpoising, which is fantastic. It's great. <laughs> um, but they've given it to Alpine. Oh. So, you know, anyway. Um, but yeah, they... <laughs> They're definitely in the top three. I think we can all agree with that compared to the rest of the uh, grid. I mean, we can talk about the midfield teams in a second, but Mercedes do look above them, even though they do still look so much lower than Red Bull. Um, uh, yeah, George had a little hiccup yesterday around lunchtime or just you know early afternoon, um, which obviously is not great and probably set them back laps-wise, et cetera. Um, but apart from that, yeah, what do you guys think about Mercedes? I'm actually curious. I'll tell you how I feel about them. I feel like it was a good test. I think overall, I think their pace was was okay. I think their lap count was okay. Um, some decent laps on the C4 and C5 towards the end of day three. Their onboards do give me a bit of a cause for concern. If you were watching some of those replays, how many times did we see Lewis Hamilton or George Russell have to save the rear of their car from sliding out? on corner exit. This happened a lot. I've got a feeling that that Mercs isn't as planted as it usually is when it comes to rear grip. I think it, it was, it's very tail happy. A lot of 
tank slappers going on there that they had to try and save. So I think their car is a bit twitchy, but I also think it's certainly quick. Um, and I, I, I don't follow into this, Charlie, a little bit, but I also get the feeling that the reliability might be a little bit up in the air because they did have that big hydraulics failure on day two. Yeah, they did. I mean, what do you call it when they're not a loser or not a winner? Actually, we invented a word, Dre, or yes. I did, but for our stream, an averager. An averager. Is, you invented yeah. the word average? That's crazy. Average uh <laughs> Average Okay, fair, yeah. fair. Um, I don't I don't that's basically how I feel about them right now. I just don't know. I want to believe that Mercedes have actually got it all together this year and they're just playing one big, huge trick on us. Um, but I'm not, I'm just not sure. They do seem to be very secretive. So after their car did break, um, oh, break, hydraulic issue, um, they were very, very secretive with the underneath of that car. Like they wrapped <laughs> that thing so tight underneath it, making sure that they covered the whole floor. And it's little things like that that almost hint to me that they know that they've got something that somebody else doesn't. And if there's one thing that Mercedes are, is that they're innovative. So I'm 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 trying to stay positive, but um, whether that will probably get smacked right out of me come Bahrain, <laughs> then you know, I have a feeling that I'm going to be five races in. They're not going to be performing, and I'll be like, guys, okay, come on, you can take the sandbags out of the car now, please. Yeah. You yeah. know, it's about time. Yeah, I, I totally get that feeling. I mean, look, their 2022 season was based around being innovative, pushing the whole zero sidepod concept and it not working. That was the story of their season. And yeah, they might have, they, it looks like they're going to kind of move away from that concept as the year goes on. That They did talk when their car launch happened about early upgrades. So it's looking like they're going to kind of move away from that concept a little bit, but there's some cause for concern with Mercs. I still think they're quick, but I'm I've, there are concerns for me about one the reliability and two about the handling of that car. It looks a bit ropey out there, but it still might be quick if Hamilton can get, and, and Russell can get their hands around it. Certainly, um, I still think though that Red Bull are comfortably top of the pile at the moment. I think they've got something in hand still, and I think they're going to lead from the front once we get to Bahrain next week. Um, and that that's how I generally feel about it, but. Let's get into the midfield a little bit. And this is where predictions go to die, as I, as I like to think, because it's all a little bit up in the air. I think I'm right in saying, ladies, that Aston Martin might have been the biggest surprise of this entire test. I think they look damn solid out there. I mean, what do you guys make of it? Because I thought they were very impressive out there. They have most certainly made gains. They look really quick. Um, there's actually quite a bit of hype around them after these three days of testing. So they are most certainly winners, not losers of testing. Um, they've caught the eye of several other drivers and teams and have been singled out as the midfield team to watch. Ooh. So, oh, mm. I know. Mm. Fernando Alonso, 2023 champion. <laughs> um, stop, stop this nonsense. What do you want about here? Come on now. <laughs> calm, calm down just a minute. Here, right? It's, it's, it's the, talking sense, okay? It's, it's the Aston sense. Martin propaganda. It's getting to me. <laughs> <laughs> like um, you, you say, she's talking sense. Like I think the word sense is doing some heavy lifting here. I must <laughs> say. Um, don't get me wrong; they did look impressive. I'm not denying this. They got a lot of laps on their belt, which is amazing, given that. 
they had their car fail in the first 10 minutes of the test. <laughs> Felipe Drogovic is Aston Martin just having an electrical failure on their first lap and just dying, um, causing one of the few red flags we had on the day that wasn't just a system test or anything like that. But after that, and then once they got that ironed out, car was quick. It was doing, you know, good mileage. Fernando Alonso was trying. He was wheeling that thing around. I think he was the king of what I call the late evening vanity run, where it's like, well, let's put some decent tires on this thing. Let's push it in, in race trim and let's just see how high up the board we're going to go. I mean, let's be honest, we made an entire video talking about that on day one. I mean, that's kind of my fault, really. So I take full responsibility for that one, YouTube fans. Sorry about that. That, that was my doing. Um, but I do think, we, they, they, I think Aston Martin's got a genuine chance of being fourth overall of, of and being the best of the midfield teams. I think they've certainly got a very solid car. And I did notice during testing, I don't know if you guys did, when they had people like Jack doing in the commentary box for F1 TV, he was talking about how planted the, the Aston Martin looked out there about how there was, the car clearly had a lot of grip and that he was praising the fact that Alonso was pushing hard because it knows he's got confidence in the car to try and go over the limit to see where that limit actually is. So I think there's a lot of promise with Aston Martin. Now, where does that contrast to their other midfield runs? Because I want to talk a little bit about McLaren here. And I think we should report to our McLaren correspondent, Charlie Williams, about how McLaren got on over the three days. Because I, I think there's sunshine and rainbows and positive vibes coming out of Woking. Isn't that right, Charlie? The papaya is looking very dull right now. Oh, oh, oh really? <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's not papaya anymore. Um, this really hurts to say. Uh, I just, I mean, over the past couple of days, both Andrea and Zach have been very open about how the team haven't hit their targets, and they are basically waiting for developments throughout the season. And I believe that's from Baku. Like that is some time away. Um, so, and that's just even for a chance of them getting into like the top four, let alone like, you know, battling, battling those top three. Um, it is very disheartening, but I'm also not very surprised. They've been saying for a while that they didn't think that they would be actually in this race pretty much until 2025. Um, so yeah, I'm just preparing myself to be one heartbroken little McLaren fan over the next, <laughs> over the next season. But I mean, I don't know. I, do you know what my motto is? And I've learned this from being a McLaren fan for so long, especially through Honda days. It's if you always expect disappointment, you can't be disappointed. Oh, please. <laughs> like, like you were disappointed about what McLaren was going to be. You were optimistic until they started talking, right? You know what? I'm actually one of those. <laughs> I'm not going to. This sounds really horrible. But I have some friends who can let the papaya love run a little bit too deep. And they just kind of think that we're just going to get right back up onto that top top step <laughs> of the podium every year. And I and, and sometimes I admit, I admit, I kind of give into that, but that's just, I don't know, they've they've got me in a chokehold. Um but <laughs> I I actually was quite real coming into this season that I didn't think it was going to be anything near where we should be. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place 
for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I, I just had I just had flashbacks to Cupid's chokehold by Jim Class Heroes, that famous song where she's like, <laughs> McLaren's got me in a chokehold. Um, bless Literally. her. Um, but uh, I, I mean, I I can't disagree with any of what Charlie said. I mean, I the the hint was there at the car launch, like. Zach Brown was surprisingly evasive, quite defensive about his car, and they're like they were quite down on themselves, saying that like, we we eventually want to be the fourth best team. And you know, it's I don't think it was until halfway through the test did they actually start hearing the media talk. And then I think it was Andrea Stella that said that look, we kind of knew three months out that this car was gonna be a bit of a stinker. And that's not a good sign. I mean, I don't know if you heard it, Hannah. It looks like they're, they're not gonna have a a, a a big upgrade until Baku at the end mm. of April. And uh, it's gonna be more like a B spec car, which is not a good sign. I mean, how can you feel positive about a team when they're already kind of going into a test thinking this is a bit of a write-off? I know it's I can't believe I'm about to say this, but I can't believe we're gonna see McLaren and Alpine not fighting for P4. They'll be much lower down the grid. I mean, I say they'll be, I don't know for sure. Um, but it's looking a bit bleak for McLaren. Um, especially as well, you know, they they were at P3 in the constructors and then they got P4 and then they got P4 and those past couple of years, they've looked stronger than they have for this testing. So I just can't see them at P4 again this season. I mean, unless they really step it up a notch, but it seems like this year is kind of just going to be a waste for McLaren and they'll definitely be focusing on the years to come. I suppose it also didn't help that Norris didn't get many laps in day one and just overall, they have probably been the team that have got the least laps out of everyone, which obviously sets them at a disadvantage going into the next race. Um, so yeah, overall, I just, I, it's really not looking good for McLaren, is it? No, um, it, it looks like they're just counting down the days on the calendar until the wind tunnel is finished. That's what it feels like for McLaren. It's like, come on, please tell me it's finished, please. I mean, if I was Lando, I would be having some serious life questions. Like, I would be questioning my life choices right now because he has signed a very long deal with that team. And I don't know really what he was thinking when he signed it, but... I, they definitely haven't fulfilled the promises that they obviously gave him. He's still got two more years. He's got two yeah. more years on that current contract. That is alarming. for, And that's a long time for Lando to be tied down to a team that seems to be slipping down the board as time goes on during the Zach Brown era, certainly. Look, where do you guys think Alpine will fit into this? Because I think Alpine had quite a quiet test. There was, I don't think any of their lap times leaped off the board. I don't think there was a lot of soft tire running. So they didn't just like have a vanity time at like top three or four or whatever. Like it feels quiet, but I feel like there's some cautious optimism in that camp. I mean, how do you feel about it? Let's, let's go hand the first on this one. Yeah, Alpine, it's been an interesting one because I, I had lots of high hopes for Alpine going into this test. And to be honest, I don't feel like those expectations that I had have been met at all. Mm. I feel like they're not exactly looking very strong. And of course, not everything is revealed in a test. We all know that. You can't take, you, I mean, you have to take everything with a grain of salt, but they just haven't looked very strong to me. And it seems like to me, they might be fighting with McLaren, like I said, when we just talked about McLaren um, this season. And I don't think either team are looking very strong. Uh, maybe 
I mean, they, they're consistent in their test and nothing seemed to go wrong, but just overall speed wise, I hate using the word speed when we're talking about F1 because everything's speed, but uh, they just don't look very quick compared to the other teams. Yeah, also, while we're here, let's just say that uh, we're very excited to announce that we formed a partnership with Grid Rival for our 2023 Fantasy F1 League. Grid Rival is the fastest-growing fantasy and real-money gaming platform dedicated exclusively to motorsports, and we like what they're up to. But we've got our own league. You can go and join the WTF1 League if you like, and you can play against us. So we've got our own apps and teams as well. The contract format of their game is a well-balanced mix that can be enjoyed by the casual player, but can also provide the hardcore user with plenty of interesting features. As said, we've set up a league exclusively for all of you lovely WTF1 listeners. Just click the link in the description down below, and you can connect and compete with like-minded fans like us. Once you're in, you'll be able to take advantage of the league's built-in chat or engage with Grid Rivals founders in the quickly growing Discord community. For US users in select states, you can also play daily games of real money on the line, a feature that will soon be available in the UK and Canada. So what are you waiting for? Join our league for a more exciting season in 2023. So Charlie, what do you make of Alpine and how, how they featured in the test? Yeah, I feel like everybody is very positive at that team. Um, they all seem really optimistic. There's a general buzz around the garage, but I haven't seen anything that's like overly wowed me yet. I haven't seen that optimism like reflect on track. Um, I think it's really difficult to gauge where they are right now. They've gained a little bit of like mileage. They've done well. They've had a few like good track times, but I mean, we know they mean nothing anyway. I'd say... <sighs> They look positive and that makes me positive. So I'm probably going to get absolutely mugged off by Alpine when I think that they're going to do semi all right. But I do think they have gone backwards from last year. So I agree with Hannah in that aspect. I think they've got a package of upgrades due for the actual opening round in Bahrain next week is what I'm hearing on the pipeline. So I think they wanted to establish a baseline before they start bringing the new parts in and seeing where they're at from there. Um, very quiet test, very under the radar. So I'm not quite sure our opinion is going to feature in this midfield fight, but that's what also makes it quite interesting. And I think that the same might apply for another team. Haas. Now, what do we think of Haas here? Because I think their times were impressive. A couple of late qualifying star runs towards the end that were actually quite good, like deep in the top 10. But um, not sure how they're going to feature overall. I mean, Charlie, what do you reckon? They really haven't seemed to struggle through that whole test. They've had like quite a relaxed atmosphere in the garage too. Everyone seems quite positive. Um, I think they're going to be... That's quite surprising when, when it rolls around Bahrain next week. I think they are going to be one of the fighting for fourth teams. And that would be huge for Haas. Like that, that is put well, we've seen, we've watched how they've performed over the past couple of years. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. It is really hard to tell. I really dislike midfield teams when it comes to testing because I feel like with the top three you almost you can almost gauge where they are a little bit more but I mean for me I always think what do the midfield teams have to hide like why would they be sandbagging like they might as well just show that if they're like imagine you're, you're you've been awful in 2022 why would you go into a test and be like I'm awful again. I'd be like, no, I am, I am, I am Billy Big 
and I would be like, I am great. <laughs> like, look how fast yeah. we can go. So I, I always struggle when it comes to the midfield teams because I just don't believe that they would be sandbagging anything. But Haas did look quite impressive. Yeah. Um, Hannah, I'll go to you on this one as well. Like, where do you feel like Alfa Romeo, do you think they're going to feature in this race as well? Or are they going to be near down the bottom end of the board? I think that, I mean, it seems from testing the Alfa Romeo, they're just not looking very good. Um, but I do also want to quickly say that I am so excited that Haas is in the mix. And I feel like we're going to possibly see an Aston Martin Haas battle for P4, which I'm so excited about. And I'm so excited about their driver pairing as well. Magnussen and Hulkenberg, I think they're really, really strong. And I'm really, really pleased that Haas may hopefully give them an all right car for some battles, not just being at the back. So I just want to say that first. But yeah, in terms of Alfa Romeo, they haven't been very impressive. I feel like not much has happened apart from Bottas' situation today, which obviously made for some great memes with his helmet. We saw the helmet in action and yeah, it was not good to see. Um, so overall, I just I don't think they look particularly good and and reliability, I thought, was looking good, apart from when Bottas had to pull over on the side of the track. That's probably the biggest concern for me, because they had two big failures. They had the one with Zhou Guanyu right at the end of day two, where that, they had, their, their power unit stopped working properly. And then again, I think Valtteri might have gone through a gearbox in, um, on day three, right before lunchtime. And said so two major reliability failures. Bottas was high up on the timing tower, but only because he was running C5s at the end, I think just to troll people. Um, but they had the fastest time on day two. So again, I wonder how much of that was Alfa Romeo showing just how much pace they've actually got in the car overall. Um, so again, I think that might be a bit of a vanity time. But as, as, as Charlie quite eloquently put earlier about how, you know, yeah, let's show our full hand and show how fast we actually are. Um, I fear they're going to be near towards the back of that of that midfield battle still. I'm not fully confident on what they've got, especially given the reliability wasn't great. It was very, um, what's the old Ferrari joke term? A bit hauntsy, uh, to, to say the least, regarding Ferrari. But we'll have to wait and see. We've got two more teams to talk about a little bit. Let's talk a little bit about Alpha Tauri. Um, they existed. Um, they, they, they had a test. We can confirm their attendance that they were there and they did run some lap time. Is, is that a good confirmation, Charlie? Yeah. I mean, they actually, I know, you know, it's it's funny because they weren't really there, but they were there, but they actually had a really positive first day and they had a, like a really heavy workload of a day yesterday. Um, Yuki and Nick combined a total of 159 laps, which is pretty good. Um, so the reliability is there. I don't think you can say anything about that, but the fact that they're, they kind of just hid in the hid in the shadows. I mean, you know, we say, is it bad? Bad news is good news. I don't know. <laughs> no news is good. No news is good news. Sorry. <laughs> bad news is good news. We're keeping that in, by the way. Um. <laughs> right. Well, no news. But equally, if there is some like mutterings of like, oh, Alpha Tari, they've got this, they've got that. That also kind of. You know, that proves that there's also something there that they might not have thought of. So they haven't had any of that. And that concerns me more. Mm. That's also true. I, 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 I mean, they were reliable, and but their lap times were a bit all over the place. I know Sonoda was in the top 10 right at the end on C4s, which is a bit promising. But they also spent a lot of time towards the bottom of the board as well. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm not convinced there's anything there from Alpha Tari that's going to surprise anybody, uh, but they need something given they were ninth overall last year. And 
let's be honest, the whole thing was kind of overshadowed by the big rumor dropping during that final day of the test that, hey, they might just sell up or move the whole team to England. <laughs> no big deal. Um, so, yeah, I think AlphaTauri might have been distracted by um, bigger news. We'll have to wait and see how that goes in the coming days and weeks. But Hannah, we've got, we've got Williams as well. They liked a good soft run. They liked trying to get their, their lap times up the board and good running in general. Um, how do you feel about Williams? Yeah, Williams to me, are looking a lot stronger than they were last season. They just seem to be up there. I wouldn't say P4 for this season yet, um, but definitely not P10, 9, 8, or maybe even 7. I feel like I I see them definitely a strong midfield team this year. Um, It was, I mean, they've, they've definitely set in loads of laps, which is, sorry, Charlie's giggling. It's putting me off. (laughs) Hannah, I think that is so bold. What? <laughs> that, I think that's a very bold prediction. I that think they're so not going to be 10, 9th, 8th. Okay, well, there we go. I said it now. <laughs> that's what I think. Sorry. That's why I was laughing. Because oh. It's laughable. Fair enough. Fair enough. I didn't realise it was that bold. But you know what? I, I stand by it. Maybe I'll change my mind next week. But at the moment, I stand by it, you know? Interesting. We've got our bold prediction, our 11th bold prediction going into the season that (laughs) Anna thinks Williams is going to be way off the bottom. Um, I think they showed their hand very early. I think they did a lot of soft running on day one and day two, and I I don't think they were holding much back in terms of their ultimate pace because I think once we got that late day three run where a lot more teams went to the soft compound tyres, Williams started sinking down the board. That's what gave. That's what gives me cause for concern. And they still have probably the rawest rookie out there in Logan Sargent as well, which makes me a little bit nervous. Um, but before we get out of here, I want you guys to rank the teams given where you think they are at right now going into the first race in Bahrain. I'll run off mine real quick just to give you an idea of where I think the field is at. I've got Williams at the bottom still. I've got Alpha Tauri ninth still. Alpha 8th, Haas 7th. Then I've got McLaren. I've got a feeling that might be generous for McLaren, but we'll have to wait and see. Alpine 5th, Aston 4th, and then Merckx, Ferrari, and Red Bull at the top. Charlie, what do you reckon? Okay, I went Williams at the bottom, um, <laughs> then then Alpha Tauri, then Alpha Romeo, McLaren. I've actually added a team and I put, I do not know because that's how I felt about the midfield (laughs) (laughs) on my notes. Um, Then I've gone Alpine, Haas, Aston Martin, Mercedes, Ferrari, Red Bull. Okay. Okay. Bit of a a bit more of a jumbled midfield, but I can see how you got there. Hannah, this is going to be interesting. How have you got them? (laughs) I've gone, I'm just going to whip them off real quick. Alfa Romeo, Alfa Tauri, McLaren, Alpine, Haas, Williams, Aston Martin, Mercedes, Ferrari, Red Bull. Try not to laugh, please. (laughs) I'm not laughing, honestly. Charlie might be. Um, I'm not going to (laughs) lie, but uh, I, I admire the ambition, Hannah. You know what? If Williams end up finishing like seventh, you can come back and laugh at us in November. These aren't my season predictions. These are just like how I think they did through testing predictions. Okay. 
Well, yeah. <laughs> He's put the asterisk of a failsafe in there for oh, now. Oh, yeah, I'm absolutely giving an excuse. Yeah, of course. <laughs> this is how you know that Hannah's a racing driver at heart, because she's already come up with the excuse to come out with when it inevitably goes tits up. So uh, that's going to be fun to keep an eye on. But, yeah, we are just six days away from actual racing in Bahrain for free practice one. We can't wait for it. Let us know what you thought of testing on social media. You can follow us at WTF1 Official on Twitter. And, of course, keep your eyes peeled all over the place because we've got a lot more content coming up on the rundown towards Bahrain and Lights Out in just, gosh, eight days' time. Can't wait. Until then, I've been Dre Harrison. They've been Charlie Williams and Hannah Atkinson. Until next time, sayonara. Bye. Bye.